can all stand together. I'll just sing. song Egypt I won't forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance the exodus of my heart you found me you freed me you held back the waters for my retreat we've had a time here at camp if you haven't heard Friday night service on the healer of the broken heart I think it'd change your life it would do you good God has been so good to us this weekend amen and people counselors if you met God if you've been healed you've been freed you experienced something supernatural this weekend Amen. Well, God's not finished, so let's have another service. Amen. Let's sing this together. You're the God who fights for me. We start with the first verse. I won't forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance, the exodus of my Sing 
depths of my heart, Lord, you found me, you freed me, held back the waters from my beliefs, oh, yeah. for me. draws his presence every time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you're so wonderful, Lord Jesus. How we love you, oh God. Blessed be the name of our God. Amen. We're going to go to prayer at this time. We're going to take up a morning offering. Maybe the brothers would like to come and prepare if they would, please. I'm going to ask our brother Murphy if he would just come and ask a blessing over the service the offering this morning. Amen. Would you come please, Brother Murphy, if you would. Let's just bow our head. Oh God, how we love you. Lord, how we to see God coming down and to touch our children's hearts, Lord. Lord, we're not to glorify the wound. We're not to glorify the hurt. But we glorify the healing of it. To see you coming down. To touch the heart of the young children. Lord, to see blessing. To comfort them. And to encourage them. And to see that I know that everything that you want through. 
because of God, you yourself, you have a coming down in the flesh and it went through everything. So Lord, Lord, you cannot say that you don't understand it. But Lord, you not only understand it, but Lord, you provided a cure for it. Lord, you not only just provided a remedy, but Lord, you provided a cure that can permanently that it heal once for all. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we know that's for one purpose. Lord, it's to shape and to mold the vessel so they can hold the precious, precious message that you give it to us. Lord, thinking about it, our prophet, that it went through all his life. Lord, it went through the shaping, the molding. Lord, I remember that the brother had quoted many times that the prophet said, Lord, you ever broke my heart so many times. But Lord, it's for one purpose. It's for the word that in this hour, oh God, I just want to give you thanks. And you broke, you broke this vessel so many times, but it's for the word in this hour. Lord, you have a broken brother Thomas. Well, I heard of the testimony so many times. Surgery after surgery. Lord, 17 of them. Lord, pain after pain. And to staying in the hospital months after months. Lord, you broke that vessel so many times so that he can hold that message of this hour. Oh God, you ever broke the vessels so many times before the word in this hour so that they are not holding their emotion and not holding their sensation, but they hold it the person of a Jesus Christ in their life. Lord, some young boys has went through, some young girls has went through, but Lord, you heal the crack. Lord, you heal the little wounds, and you heal the hurt, you heal the depression by your word for one purpose, because you are so value the word in this hour. Lord, without the right vessel, nobody can hold this word. But with this vessel that you healed for, Lord, we dedicate this vessel to you this morning, Lord. We have been dedicated as a vessel in the last few days. Lord, we dedicated it again, Lord. Let us a vessel to worship you. Let us a vessel to say love of God. Let us a vessel to give it of the whole heart. So there is no other things that in our heart, but only to become an occupied place by Jesus Christ. Lord, the world will never provide a place for you, but we provide a place for you. Lord, you have asked and said, Lord, the fox is in the cave that it can go into sleep. Lord, the man has the pillow, but you don't have a place to rest. But Lord, this morning, we give our whole being so that you can rest it in our heart. You can have a little place. and It's not a fancy, Lord. It's not having so much eloquency. Lord, about this little place that a little children that offer to you, may you abide, Lord, and never leave, Lord. We give you all the thanks and glory. You have a use of our Andrew, Lord, from last year to this year. We're so thankful, Lord. Thankful for the vessel. Lord, that the young people have no excuse because you set example before them, Lord. 
that a young man that he can't give it as a heart, you know, man, is 12 years old and started preaching. And Lord, and then dedicates a life to you. Lord, our young people have no excuse. Lord, how we thank you, Lord, to put a young man that God can use and mightily that is setting before them and to put the devil in the public shame. Let he cannot take it to hold our young people. Lord, because you have given a life and right in before them. Not only just a preaching, but live a life before them to testify the holding power of God, to testify the transforming power of God. Lord, we want to glorify you, Lord. Lord, I ask this morning as we come to the sit down here, to drinking in the word, and we worship you in the truth, and we worship you in the spirit. Lord, we also remember our dear pastor, Brother Ed Bisco, Lord. May you strengthen him at this time, Lord. As this is the health and this is the physical body, the fading away. But Lord, the life never ceases to the preaching of the gospel. Lord, we give you all the thanks and glory. Ask you to strengthen Brother Ed and afford us this vision. And the Sister Ruth has been given such a life example to our children, to our loved ones. Lord, I just pray let the supernatural strength to be their portion. Lord, and maybe the eyes is dim, but Lord, that the vision has never been dimmed, Lord. We are not a preaching, we are not a pray just for keeping the vision, but Lord, we want to carry the vision to another level, Lord. Give us a double portion of a strength. Give us a double portion of a passion and a fervency, Lord. And never let us just stay stagnated. But Lord, let us give it a whole being. If we haven't given us this morning, Lord, I pray, Lord, even before the preaching started, let us give it a whole being to you. Give us a whole life to you. Not a one reserve. To give it everything that is to you, Lord. As the brother Andrew was preached the last year, Lord, we can either give in or give up or give it our all, Lord. We give our all to you, Lord. Use the holiness of vessels, Lord. Lord, and not let them just be drinking in and say hallelujah and praise the Lord and go home and still to do the same thing, Lord. Transform them, Lord. And they kept transforming them, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. As we also know, this is part of the worship. It was our tithes and offering. I pray you, Lord, as we do to give it all to you, Lord. We also to give it whatever you have blessed it to us. Lord, we thank you. We worship you, Lord, in our tithes and our offering and in our life, in our everyday life, Lord. We give you all the thanks and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. seats as we take up the offering and we just sing together the battle is the Lord's so I'm going to ask Brother Josiah, Sister Katie, Brother Andrew are going to sing for us so why don't you come and get ready at this time while we sing this let's sing the first verse there is a source in times of need that gives me hope that brings me
It's out of your hands You've done all you can do You've given God the problem It's no longer up to you You've prayed the prayer of faith You're standing on His truth While you're waiting on the answer he has a question for you. Is anything too hard for God? Who's got a problem beyond his power to solve? And are there situations? He's not the master of Is anything too hard for God? Just only believe, trust His Word You'll see His plans are now unfolding They're performing perfectly it's clear how much He loves you, just look at all He's done. And for all your questions, there's really only one. Is anything too hard for God? 
situations he's not the master of is anything too hard for God is anything too hard for God who's got a problem beyond his power to solve in other situations he's not sing that chorus actually as Sister Kenzie is going to come and sing a song for us. Is anything too hard for God? And then go ahead and come up Sister Kenzie if you would. Oh is anything too hard for God? Who's got a problem beyond his power to solve and all their situations He's not the master of, is anything too hard for
song for you, a song that was going through a number of our minds on Friday. The healer is passing this way, and unlike usual, you know, usually we just spend days and days rehearsing these songs. They're going to chuckle behind me because we don't practice much at all, but we put this together this morning, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you, but when a song's on your heart, sometimes you just have to get it off your heart, and we trust that, you know, it'll be a blessing to all of you. Many of you know it, you're welcome to sing it with us, and then the healer's
indeed just worship with us this morning. Receive today, right 
sing that together. You know the words. You can sing it with us. Someone's been healed today. A miracle passed your way. This camp. Young people, who can say a miracle passed my way? This camp. I mean, we can stand and sing that. This better Tom would come. If you don't know the words, just hum the tune. Yeah, the first chorus. Step forward and claim. Amen. Your faith has pulled you through. We heard about last night how Abraham's faith pulled the vision and what was in what, what the reality was here. No baby. Milk veins dried up. But what was his faith do? Pulled it together. Amen. So let's sing that together this morning. Someone's been here today. says Paul writes in Ephesians 3 and 20 now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think I think I can look down in your faces young people and I've just seen God move in a supernatural way I've never seen Jonas stand in a whole service before I think we got we have to appreciate what the word was doing last night and not forget it but hold it in our hearts to know that God has done something very supernatural and as we have preached and uh, the brothers believe we don't believe in this up and down gospel as we discussed we don't believe in this as I heard on Wednesday night I, I, I thought we're astronauts and we live in heavenly places And I believe the word of God was preparing us for heavenly places. And it's been service after service. And saints, listen, you know me. If you can't praise God, there's something very wrong. Because heaven will be filled 
with the praises of his people. And if we can't do it here, what are you going to do over there? What I'm going to do is sit down under my fig tree and watch people that never said anything <laughs> jumping and shouting and glorifying God. But I say you can do it again this morning. You can praise him and thank him for what he's doing. The scripture says in Psalms 34, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of some of his troubles. No? David? Is it not? That, that's not the scripture, right? No. What does it say? All his troubles. Have you been delivered out of all your troubles? Well, then we can rejoice that God sent a man of God at this season to deal with many areas within our lives. And we can say, this poor man cried. And the Lord hath delivered me, Ethan, from all my troubles. So all your troubles are over. And tomorrow's a new day. And the same God that delivered you at camp is the same God that will deliver you tomorrow and the next day, Samuel, and the next day. And we're not going to let the devil have any more ground in our lives. We're going to glorify God. We want to thank the Lord Jesus for allowing us to have Brother Andrew Glover at this youth camp. And we want to thank the Lord Jesus for a servant of God. We had a, a wonderful service Thursday night. I'm sorry, Friday night. Saturday morning, I gave my testimony. We had a, a wonderful time. And last night was a highlight. And this morning, it's not over. We're just going to press in and say, Lord, we're going to squeeze everything we can out of the servant of God. That the Lord Jesus has brought now Brother Glover here to meet all of our needs. I think we can sing this poor man cry. This poor man cry.
thankful this morning to be called by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I think it's that name that's going to change our bodies one of these mornings. Amen. How many is excited to be together? Amen. I, I, I think after a few years of all the COVID and all those things, amen, to have all that behind us, amen, and to be able to gather together, amen, in the house of God like this on a Sunday morning to worship the Lord and Amen. Without any restrictions. Amen. I was just thinking this morning, uh, there's still amount of restrictions to some. Amen. But we're going to a meeting where there'll be no restrictions of time. There'll be no restrictions of a schedule. Amen. I, I wonder, do you all know that song, There is Going to Be a Meeting in the Air? Amen. I, I wonder this morning if we could sing that this morning. How many is looking forward to that meeting? Amen. Won't you help me, Brother Ryan? There's going to be a meeting in the air. Amen. There is going to be a
message ever hit the face of the earth the, the revelation is in your soul and he's taking you from this dimension to glory amen now i don't it feel good to be in the house of god this morning amen we say god bless you today we greet you in the lovely name of our lord jesus if you have your bibles while you're standing we want to invite you in the scriptures to the book of luke the 19th chapter the book of luke the 19th chapter we want to read a portion of scripture there and also in the book of First Peter, the second chapter, and uh, while you're turning there this morning, I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you all for everything, uh, all the food and all the wonderful things that you've done for us while we've been here. It's been a real honor, amen, a real privilege. I think I, I told somebody last night, all I've done is eat and preach, <laughs> amen, uh, but it has sure been been uh, outstanding fellowship and uh, this the food and everything that's been provided for us, the nice place to rest. We want to thank you for that this morning. And also, Brother Tom, we want to thank you for the invitation to be here and the honor and the privilege to stand. And uh, I was just uh, meditating this morning in my heart and praying, and it just really struck me that uh, it's a real a special privilege to me to uh, have the confidence of, of Brother Tom to be invited to come and stand here and to speak in a youth camp because I'm not just speaking to just the elders or the adults, but I'm actually speaking... Uh, to your most one of your most valuable assets in your church is your young people and amen to see God uh, cultivating gifts and cultivating callings and amen the next generation not the church of tomorrow but the church of today and we want to say we don't take that lightly we re- we really appreciate the confidence to stand here and to preach the message to you and I, I also this morning just want to say from my heart uh, how much I appreciate Brother Biscoll. Amen. I, I appreciate our dear brother Ed Biscoll and his stand that he has taken for this message uh, has been impacted around the world. And I 
am standing here as a, a young man that has been heavily influenced by Brother Ed's ministry and his burden and his vision for this message. And I have often said it this way, and I pray it'd be okay uh, to say it this way here this morning. Uh, in my opinion, Brother Biscoe is one of the very few that had a relationship with the prophet of God like he had. And he never used that relationship to build himself, but he used that relationship to promote the message. And for that this morning, I want to say thank you, Brother Biscoe, for doing that. Amen. For taking that privilege God give you to promote this message. And we appreciate him and Sister Biscoe this morning and pray God's blessings upon him. May he strengthen them with supernatural strength. Amen. And we pray God would richly bless him and his family this morning. And just before we read the word, let's just bow our hearts together one more time and ask him to come and speak to us. How many would say, Lord, on this closing service, speak to my heart. Amen. He sees every hand. He hears every desire. Heavenly Father, Lord, we have not come here this morning for a show. We have not come here for a feeling or for an emotional high. But Lord, we have come here for you to take your word and to reveal another portion of that word into our heart. That by that word, we would be changed, Father. We would be, Lord, transformed from one thing to another. Now, Lord, you see, no doubt across this building is tired bodies this morning, Father. Lord, some have been working, Father, since... Lord, Thursday, just, just hour upon hour, laboring in the kitchen, laboring here, laboring there, Father. Lord, bodies are tired, but Lord, I pray this morning you would drive out the spirit of tiredness. Lord, may you drive out every hindrance this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would open the windows of heaven and you would pour out a blessing upon this assembly today, dear God. That Lord, those that are unable to be here, that would be gathered in their homes, in their living rooms, wherever they would be, Father, that would stream this service or would go back and listen to the archive. Father, I pray that the same anointing and the same presence and atmosphere that we're feeling here, that's, that's just, Lord, it's pulsating throughout this building, energizing hearts, energizing minds. Father, may that, that same anointing be felt, Lord, wherever this service would be heard. Now, Lord, I pray if there be one here that has not received, Lord, yet what they've come to receive. Father, may these final words of these final uh, sermon, Lord, may, may they penetrate the heart of your believers. And, Lord, may lives be changed your God. May may we be strengthened, Lord. I've heard it said like this, Lord, may we be charged for the present, but may we be changed for the future. And Lord, we'll be sure to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory that's due thy holy name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the believers says, Amen. amen. And amen. The book of Luke, the 19th chapter in the 41st verse, uh, the Bible says here, Luke 19, uh, 41. And when he was come near, he behold the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known even thou, at least this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. Wouldn't that be a horrible condition to be in? For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee on every side. And they shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. Now notice why all these things are happening. Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Had they recognized the hour of their visitation, that the, the things that you just read about would not necessarily be the way they were, but they did not recognize the hour of thy visitation. Now, I also want to read First Peter, the second chapter. 
The book of 1 Peter, the second chapter, we want to look in the second verse, or the twelfth verse rather, of 1 Peter, the second chapter. You love the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. Are you happy to be a Christian? Amen. Amen. I've kind of got a reputation, I think, of reading a lot of opening scriptures, uh, but I, I enjoy studying the word under the voice of a vindicated prophet. Amen. Having... In First Peter, the second chapter, in the twelfth verse, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. We ask the Lord this morning to add the blessing to the reading of his word as you can have your seats here this morning. I want to... Uh, by the help of the Lord to speak to you here this morning from these passages of Scripture. And I want to just share a, a prayer from the prophet of God. He says in 1962, the uncertain sound. And from this uh, quote and prayer is where I want to draw our, our thought and our title from. In the message of the uncertain sound, he says, Heavenly Father, I pray the prayer for them with all my heart. I give them to you. He says they are trophies of the message. They are trophies of your visitation. That's what I want to speak to you on this morning is trophies of your visitation. Trophies, amen, of his visitation. Being here tonight, seeing you walk among us doing works that has never been done since the foundation of the world until these last days. Now think about that, young people. You are living in an hour where things are being done that has not been done since before the foundation of the world. He said, see, they are here. And they are your children, Lord. I commend them to you. You give them to us and we give them to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, watch over them and raise them up at the last day. I may, ne- I may never be able to shake their hands on this earth. But when the battle is over and the last trumpet is sounded and the dead has risen from the grave and the life has been called up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, then may I have fellowship with Jesus Christ and them around the throne through the eternal ages to come. I I don't know about you, but by hearing that prayer, it is telling me that a prophet believed there was going to be a rapture. He believed that there was going to be a resurrection. And he did not just believe that Moses was going to be a part of it, amen, or Paul was going to be a part of it, but he actually believed, amen, that the people he was speaking to and the ones that would follow in the revelation of what he was laying out in the word would be a part of the revelation of the rapture and the resurrection. Now, I'm speaking here this morning on visitation. In Job, the 10th chapter, and the 12th verse, he says, Thou hast granted me life and favor. Amen. And thy visitation has preserved my spirit. Amen. Thy visitation has preserved my spirit. In Psalms 102, verse 13, David says, That thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion. Now, thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion. Amen. For the time to favor her. Amen. Yea, the set time has come. Now when you start thinking about this, God actually had in his mind an allotted time, an appointed time, a specific time amen, that he would actually favor Zion and we know that Zion is a type of the bride. Now I want to tell you this morning that the time to favor the bride amen, is not coming and it has not been amen, but the time to favor the bride is right now. Amen. The prophet of God said, may the power reach down and pick up the people and shake them Lord and let them realize that this is the day of 
her visitation. This is the time that the Lord has set. Amen. This is the time of their healing. This is the time of their visitation. This is the time that the Lord has said. Amen. This is the time of their healing. Now, amen. I was, I was sharing with Brother Tom this morning. I feel like that the Lord, amen, from the very first night, amen, amen, found a vein of healing in the body right here in this assembly. Amen. Whether it was a physical healing, whether it was a spiritual healing, whether it was a, amen, a, a mental healing, whatever that healing need was, amen, the time of healing is here. Amen. The hour of visitation is here. Now, every generation receives a visitation. Brother Bram said, we're thanking our kind Heavenly Father, amen, for this great visitation in our generation. Amen. When we are living in the hour to see these things come to pass. He said, I thank tonight for the Holy Ghost. Amen. For the visitation of Him right here in this building, even right here now, the very Spirit, according to the Word of God, which is infallible and cannot fail. He said, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, amen, is right here in our midst right now. Amen. The reason we can have, amen, a visitation is because the spirit of visitation, amen, has ascended into this age, amen, by the preaching of the word. I'm on church, amen, it's not spooky feelings going throughout this room. It's not spooky spirits going throughout this room, amen, but what is going throughout this room, amen, is the same spirit that raised our Lord from the dead, and that spirit is the spirit of translation. It is the spirit of a body change. Now, ever if there's ever been a time, I believe, amen, that we need to realize the seriousness, amen, of the visitation of God, I believe right now, amen, is the time to recognize, amen, the seriousness of the visitation of God in the age that we're living in. Brother Bram said the gospel is being preached like it was in the days of Noah. He said it's fanaticism to the world, amen, but it's glorious and it's welcome to those who are willing to come into the ark of safety. Amen. Now let me ask you, what is the ark of safety? The ark of safety is not a bomb shelter. The ark of safety is not the world. Amen. Council of churches. The ark of safety is not a denomination, but the ark of safety, amen, is none other than Jesus Christ. Listen, this this shelter is not built out of concrete. It's not built out of steel. It's not built out of rebar. Amen. It is built out of eagles, wings, feathers. Amen. It's a shelter. Amen. Brother Bram said in this time of atomic warfare, in this time when there's all kinds of threats of nuclear, he said, I'm so thankful I can take my family into the ark of safety. Amen. And gather my little kitties underneath. Amen. The ark of safety. Come on, church. We don't have to live nervous. We don't have to live tore up. We don't have to live wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. Amen. God sent you a message and that message was a timeline and it was a vindicated timeline. When you see this, you're going to see that. And when you see that, you're going to see this. And my Bible says, amen, when you see these things begin to come to pass, amen, then lift up your head. Listen, we are one step closer this morning, amen, to the fullness of our redemption than we were last night. Can you say amen? Amen. You don't have to be nervous. You, you don't have to be distraught. You don't have to be distressed. Amen. The Spirit of God is here and He's here warning you of the things. Amen. That is coming upon the earth. Now, amen. I'm just going to draw here from another prayer from the prophet in the message that Tolkien. He said, if there be a seed anywhere that's predestinated, Lord, to hear the word of this last day, he says, may they come now sweetly and humbly and lay their trophies down at the cross. Now, I love how the prophet changed 
images in here. He said, or lay themselves down as a trophy. Amen. So now he has changed the trophy. Amen. From being an object of a, of a marble or a gold or a, or, or a silver, but he has now transformed the trophy into a person. Amen. Then as I'm preaching to you this morning, I'm not looking at you as a young man. I'm not looking at you as just a man. Amen. Live. I'm not looking at you as young. Come on, church. I'm not looking at you as ladies. It's just living in Laodicea. I am looking at you as the trophies of the visitation of Jesus Christ in the age that we're living in. Amen. May they lay themselves down as a trophy of the grace of God. Amen. That is called them. May they be filled with the Holy Spirit. And may they display the token of the life of Jesus Christ in his resurrection. Amen. As long as they remain here on the earth. Amen. As long as you're on the earth. Amen. You're not here as a trophy for Hollywood. Amen. You're not here as a trophy for sports. You are not here as a trophy. Amen. For an idea or a creed or a denomination. Amen. But as long as you are here upon this earth. Amen. You are here as a trophy of the visitation of Jesus Christ in the seventh age under the seventh angel's messenger. Amen. Now I'll say it to you like this. A trophy. Amen. It's got to be displayed. Amen. Then God is not hiding you in a corner. He is not bearing you in a closet. Amen. But Jesus Christ is displaying you in this age as trophies of his visitation. I started looking at the word trophy. It means something that is gained. Amen. Or achieved or given in victory. Amen. Or conquest. Especially when preserved or mounted as a memorial. Amen. What did Job say? He said my spirit is preserved by thy visitation. Amen. My spirit. I'm trying to remember there's some guys back here to preach to too. Amen. My spirit. Amen. Is preserved by thy visitation. Amen. A trophy is something mounted. It is a memorial. It is a representation of such a memorial as of a medal. It is a game animal or a fish that is suitable. Amen. For mounting as a trophy. I love this part. It is usually used attributively. Amen. Now, now we got any hunters here this morning? We got any hunters? Uh, we got two or three. <laughs> We got any fishermen here? We got any? Okay. Amen. Now you go out and you catch a little old bluegill. You're not going to mount that. <laughs> you go catch a little old, a little old uh, trout just kind of rolling, uh, swimming down the street. You're not going to mount that. Amen. If you're going to put effort and spend your money. Amen. I remember, I remember when I first, the first deer I ever killed, it was a, it was a whitetail buck. It was a little five pointer. Amen. To me, it was the next Boone and Crockett world record. I mean, I mean, it was a big deal, you know. Amen. I remember people said, you're going to mount that. You're going to mount that. You're going to, amen. Amen. Somebody told me, said, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. Amen. To mount such a little deer. Amen. But to me, it was a trophy. Amen. To me, it was a symbol. Amen. Of a conquest. It was a, it was a, it was a memorial. Amen. Of a victory in church of the living God. Amen. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care what color skin you got. I don't care what family you come out of. I don't care what background you come out of. Amen. Every single one of you. Amen. Is worth something to Jesus Christ. And he's not. Amen. Going to throw you away. And he's not going to put you in a corner. Amen. But he's going to mount you. Amen. He's going to preserve you. Come on church. You know the third pull. Amen. Was not the gathering of little fish. It was the gathering of a rainbow trout. Amen. The first pull got a little fish. And the second pull got a little fish. Amen. But that third pull. Amen. When he made that third tug. Amen. 
amen, he said that third pull called a rainbow trout. And a rainbow trout is a trophy fish. Then I say to you this morning, you are not just a church. You are not just a bride. Amen, but you are a trophy wife of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, you are a trophy wife of Jesus Christ. Amen. That trophy is an expressed attribute of victory. Now, Brother Bram said God's secret mystery. He said he had before the world began. Now, back in the back part of God's mind, there was something that he was trying and was going to achieve. And he had a motive in doing it in order to let himself be expressed. He said, so in his great mind, he wanted these attributes to be expressed. And in him was love. In him was to be a father. In him was to be a son. In him was to be a savior. In him was to be a healer. And all these great attributes we see already expressed, but they were in God before they were in expression. Now think about this. Before there was one molecule, before there was one atom, before, before there was one, before there was one of anything, when it was just God and his thoughts alone, in the back part of his mind, there was an attribute to be a savior. There was an attribute to be a deliverer. There was an attribute to be a healer. Amen. But there was nothing in heaven. Amen. To express his attributes through. So the angels were there. Amen. But they were created for one purpose and that was to worship God. So he could look at them and he could say, I'm a savior. And they could look back and say, yes, Lord, you are a savior. But that was not coming from an experience of his salvation. That was coming from an understanding of just who he was. He could say, I'm a healer. And they would say, yes, Lord you're a healer but there was no connection between the attributes and this soul amen but the prophet of God said amen when he spoke a world into existence and humanity come into flesh he said then he could say I'm a savior and we could scream back yes you are amen not because I read it in the bible not because I heard it in a sermon but because the attribute of salvation has been manifested in my soul amen you are a healer Lord because the attribute of healing has been manifested in my soul. You are a deliverer, Lord, because the attribute of deliverance has been manifested in my soul. Come on, church. You're not here just expressing the ideas of Hollywood and social media and all these things. You are here as the victorious attributes. You are here as the victorious attributes of Jesus Christ. I propose to you this morning that you are trophies of his attributes. Amen. Anybody here been saved? Amen. You're a trophy of his attributes. Anybody here been delivered? You are a trophy of his attributes. Anybody here been restored? You are a trophy of his attributes. Anybody here know what it's like? Amen. Not to be able to love and to have an old bitter, critical, hateful spirit. And then all of a sudden sovereign grace is protected and divine love takes over you are an attribute of a trophy of his grace you are an expression of his word the word of God has come into you and the word of God has lit your soul now you know the prophet God says it like this in the future home he said did you notice here the heavens and earth amen will pass away with great noise the heavens will he said the whole earth will be on fire and will ignite the gases that's in the earth and explode it that's exactly the bible said here Peter said the heavens will pass away and the earth with a great noise such an explosion will rock it oh my cause it's got to keep 
heal every disease. I want to pronounce judgment on every disease. Amen. That's on this earth. I want to pronounce judgment. Amen. On every thistle that's on this earth. Amen. I want to pronounce judgment on every thorn that is on this earth. Amen. You may have tormented us for a while. Amen. But there's a holy fire that's going to ignite the gases in this earth. And when that holy fire strikes those gases, it's going to serve eviction notice on every cancer. Come on, church. It's come on. Amen. When this fire burns this earth, cancer is going to have to find a new place. High blood pressure is going to have to find a new place. Paralysis is going to have to find a new place. Complexes are going to have to find a new place. Suicidal spirits are going to have to find a new place. When this fire ignites the gases in this earth, it's going to renovate this earth. And it's not renovating it for the devil. It's renovating it for his trophies. It's renovating it for those who are going to walk out upon the ashes of the wicked. As a trophy of his grace. Remember it's not altogether just little fire. It's a holy fire. That will take away Satan. And all of his devils. Oh I can't stop there. But I really want to. Amen. The fire is going to take away the devil. And all of his demons. That's, that's shout material right there. Amen. The devil that has tormented you. Oh God. You know I'm telling you the truth. Amen. There's a beginning to cancer and there's an end to it. There's a beginning to depression and there's an end to it. There's a beginning to suicidal devils and there's an end to them. Amen. But I'll tell you why the devil hates you. Amen. It's because there is no beginning to you and there is no ending to you. You are just as eternal as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is eternal. And when there is no more devil. Well, I want to preach here for a second. Amen. You don't like my noise. You don't like my Shouting, you don't like my dancing. Amen. I want to tell you, you might as well get used to it. Amen. Because it ain't going nowhere. You don't like all this hollering, you might as well get used to it. You don't like all this screaming and rejoicing, you might as well get used to it. You say, get used to it, yes. Amen. Because this is the quietest place you're ever going to be. This earth is the quietest place you're ever going to be. You say quietest place? Are you telling me it's going to be noisy in hell? It's going to be noisy in hell. My Bible says they're going to be weeping, they're going to be wailing, and they're going to be gnashing teeth. And you know why they're going to be doing it, Brother Murphy? Because they missed it. But my Bible also says on the streets of gold, there will be no more crying. There will be no more tears. There will be no more devils. And we're going to be shouting. And we're going to be rejoicing. And we're going to be praising God. Amen. Not because we missed it, but because we made it. Amen. Come on, church. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how bleak it looks. Amen. There's a seed of the grace of the visitation of Jesus Christ in your heart. This earth is going to receive her baptism. And the power of God said, and it will come with noise. When this earth receives her fiery baptism, it will come with noise. Then I say to you this morning, amen, you are a trophy of the fire of the Holy Ghost that can renovate a man born in sin, shaping in iniquity, come in the world speaking lies. You are a trophy of the renovating grace and fire of Almighty God. Now, as I did a study here a few months ago, I went through the message and looked at all the places where Brother Branham used the word trophy or trophies. And I found that mainly when he used those words, he would use them in a prayer. 
Now he says it like this. Can I, can I tell you some of them? He says you are a trophy. He said trophies of this meeting. Trophies of the message. Trophies of the presence of the Lord. Trophies of the grace of God. Trophies of the spirit of grace. Trophies of this revival. He said trophies of Christ's love at Calvary. Trophies of the gospel that has been preached. Trophies of your word being made manifest. Preached by the spirit of the Lord. He said you are trophies of the message. Amen. The evening light time. Amen. So you today, amen, are trophies. Amen. You're not a trophy of depression. You're a trophy of the evening time light. You are not a trophy of cancer. You are a trophy. You are a trophy of the presence of God preached by the Spirit, believed on by the Word. You are not a trophy of anxiety. You are, come on, young boys. I'm going to go ahead and preach to you. Amen. I know the devil says you're going to be a trophy of this filthy, perverted spirit in Laodicea. Amen. But that devil is a liar. Amen. I propose to you that our young men are going to be trophies of clean living. I propose to you that our young ladies are going to be trophies. Amen. Of clean living morals and virtues. Come on, church. I want to put the devil on notice. He may have a lot of young people, but he don't have them all. He may have a lot of young boys, but he don't have them all. There's some young boys and some young ladies that are being trained under the voice of this message, and they're living clean lives, and they're living pure lives. Come on, they're walking like Jesus. They're talking like Jesus. They're dressing like Jesus. They're believing like Jesus. And one of these mornings, their body is going to be changed like Jesus because they're a trophy. They're a trophy of the expression of the attribute of God in humanity. Oh, the devil knows he lost. The devil knows he lost because the message of the hour is a trophy message. The message of the hour is a trophy message. The message of the hour is a claiming message. You realize that the message of the hour, Brother Samuel, is a claiming message. The prodigal said the word that's being revealed is claiming you. Oh my. The word that's being revealed is claiming you. He said, may ever call child of God in hearing distance of here or either the tape shall strike. May it at that time I claim them for the kingdom of God upon the basis of knowing this, the word that's being revealed. Can I say it to you like this? You didn't claim this message. This message claimed you. Can I say it to you like this? You were claimed on purpose, amen, by a purpose, for a purpose, and it wasn't an accident. Amen. You did not hear this message by accident. Amen. God did not accidentally put a seed in your soul, amen, to receive the quickening power of the Holy Ghost to awaken that seed to a realization that it's a germ, gene seed of God. But when God put a seed in your soul, he put that seed in their own purpose, and it was for a purpose, and it was by a purpose, and the purpose of that seed, amen, is to lead you from one dimension into another. It's to lead you from corruption to incorruption. It's to lead you from time to eternity. It's to lead you from this incorruption to, from this corruption rather, to incorruption. That seed in your soul, amen, has claimed you, amen, to be a trophy. Can I go ahead and say this? That all the trophies of God are not dead. Come on, church. All the trophies of God are not dead. We sing about Moses. We sing about Elijah. We sing about Paul. We sing about David. We talk about Rahab. We talk about Tamar. We talk about all these others. Amen. And they're everyone sleeping this morning. Amen. But there's one. Amen. I want to say to you, amen, that all the trophies are not dead. Amen. We ain't got to wait to die to become a trophy. 
We don't have to wait till we die to become a trophy. But right here on a Sunday morning, I believe I'm preaching to some trophies. And they've got a heartbeat. And they got warm blood flowing through their veins. Are you hearing me? All trophies are not dead. Open your eyes, church. There's a trophy beside you. There's a trophy in front of you. There's a trophy around you. Come on. Amen. Look in the mirror. You're a trophy yourself. God's trophies are living trophies. Though they be deceased from this earth, they're still alive in the presence of Almighty God. My Bible says we were dead in sin, but he has quickened us together with his, with Christ. Amen. By grace, ye are saved. Brother Tom, I got to, I got to reading this quote last night and something just come running through my cabin. I believe this quote's right here for you, okay? Brother, I said, here is those who were dead and has been raised up. There is those here who were in accidents, smashed up, but they are healed. I said, that's got Tom Ray's name on it. They was in accident, smashed up. Come on, church. Amen. If that accident would have got its way, you wouldn't be leading Cloverdale Bible Way today. If that accident had its way, you wouldn't be sitting before young people telling about how God brought you to Sister Joanne and give you three boys. And Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy, said, I'm going to put a trophy in the age of Laodicea. This is a trophy. Amen. You're looking for a trophy. Look at one. He shouldn't be here, but he's here anyhow. He shouldn't be preaching, but he's here anyhow. He didn't have to die to become a trophy, but in the heat of a car accident, God molded a trophy to stand before you and say, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how smashed up you look, there's a God who can come on the scene and in the moment, he can change the picture. He don't look smashed up to me. He don't look defeated to me. He looks like a trophy. It's right there. It's in the message. I see Miss Wilson standing here not long ago. She was hemorrhaging to death with TB, but here she is tonight. And the doctors didn't give her but just hours to live. Here she stands tonight. All around through here, lame, blind, crippled, wheelchairs, everything. They're standing tonight as living trophies. Why is it Jesus Christ lives? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have received the message of visitation that will make you a trophy in the age that you're living in. Now, the ministry that you're under, the seventh angel, Brother Adam said that Jesus Christ had more success in my ministry than he did in his own. He had more success in my ministry than he did in his own. Now remember, he had more success now. Not me, he had. See, he finally broke through here. He said he had more success right here, he meant in Jeffersonville, than he did in Capernaum or Nazareth. He did more miracles right here. Are you hearing? 
He did more miracles right here in the entire ministry on earth. That's right. Not what about the rest of the world. Oh my, that's not what he's done. Remember, he done. Now, I never said I done it because I didn't do it. I just didn't. I just loved him. You want to become a trophy? You want to become a trophy? He said, I just loved him and just submitted myself to him and said what he said. And the Holy Spirit went to the other people and they believed what he said and he done the work. You're going to become a trophy by saying what he said, believing what he said, and allowing the Holy Spirit to manifest what he said inside your flesh. Come on, church. Amen. You, we talked about it last night. We're living between two worlds. We're living between two dimensions. And this dimension is more real than that dimension. This world is more real. Come on now. He said this world, speaking of the heavenly world, is more real than the world we're living in here. Now, you all know, amen, that the Bible says that the things that Jesus done, amen, could not volumes of books contain. But now imagine something. Amen, if he had more success in the ministry of the seventh angel than he did in his own, amen, then there's not enough books to write about, amen, the miracles and the, and the, and the spontaneous healings and the mighty manifestations of his grace that he manifested in the age we're living in. But Brother said like this, he said he only submitted himself to him and he done the work. Brother Bam taught what the Spirit was saying. He taught what the Spirit was saying. Now, I love it because in the message, the rejected king, Brother Bam says it like this. He said, I go beyond the curtain of time. Anybody, anybody read that lately or you've heard of it? You know, he says, I go beyond the curtain of time. He said, and I heard a voice spoke to me that was in the room said, this is what you preached was the Holy Ghost. This is perfect love and nothing can enter here without it. There was no jealousy. There was no tiredness. There was no death. Sickness could never enter there. Mortality could never make you old and they could not cry it was just joy and here come women and men from both sides in the bloom of youth screaming one woman was standing there and she screamed oh my precious brother we are so happy to see you here I said I don't understand this and then that voice that was speaking from above me said you know it's written in the bible that the prophets were gathered with her people how many agrees with that and I said yes I remember that in the scripture said why this is when you will gather with your people I said then they'll be real and I can feel them oh yes I said there's millions and there's not many Branhams and that voice said they're not Branhams them's your converts that's the ones that you've led to the Lord and some of them were and he said some of them women there that you think are so beautiful amen were better than 90 years old when you led them to the Lord he said no wonder they were screaming our precious brother and all at once they screamed if you hadn't have went we wouldn't be here all of a sudden they begin to scream if you hadn't have went then we wouldn't be here I looked around and said I don't get it oh where is Jesus I want to see him so bad he said well amen he's a little higher right up that way and someday he will come to you you see said you were sent for a leader and God will come and when he does he will judge you according to what you taught them first whether they go in or not now here's a promise Amen. In another dimension beyond the curtain of time. And he's preached to these people on the earth. And they have become trophies of the message that he was preaching by the Holy Ghost. And he stands up on the earth. And he goes beyond the curtain of time. Come on now. He's laying in his bed. He can look down and see his body. But he knows he's in another dimension. 
right? And when he gets over there in that dimension, they begin to testify to him. Now, you know, the prophet said there's seven dimensions. He said there's the first dimension, second dimension. He said third dimension, fourth dimension. He said the fifth dimension, sixth dimension. He said then there's the seventh dimension, which is the dimension that God dwells in. So when he went into that dimension, amen, the people, amen, did not have another dimension between them and Jesus Christ. He was just a little bit higher than they were. Come on, church. There was no purgatory there. There was no room for him to stay. Come on. There was no room for him to stand there and begin to calculate and begin to calculate what did I teach about this and what did I teach about that. Come on, church. Their next step was the seventh dimension where Jesus Christ, the judge of all judges, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, was reigning supremely in. If he was wrong down here, they're not going in up there. But a prophet said, they looked at me and said, well, go in according to your teaching. We will go in according to your teaching. I said, will Paul have to be judged? They said, yes, he will. They said, yes, he will. Now watch this. They said, he will be judged for what he taught. Reverend said, well, that's okay. Amen, that's okay. I preach the same thing. I preach the same thing that Paul preached. And they said, one day Jesus will come and you will be judged according to the word that you preached us. Notice this. Listen, listen to their confession. In that dimension, there's no playtime. There's no playroom. There's no room for guests. There's no, amen. It's here or not. Amen. Amen. It's, he's right or he's wrong. And they stand there and they look at Brother Branham and said, and then if you are accepted at that time, watch the confidence they said, which you will be. I think that ought to got a heartier amen. Which you will be. And said then you will present us to him as your trophies of your ministry. And said you will guide us to him and all together we'll go back to the earth and live together. Can I tell you something this morning? You are living in the only dimension that they don't believe what a prophet taught. The dimension you're in right now is the only dimension that they argue with what's on them tapes. The dimension that you're living in is the only dimension that they question a bridge, that they question a cloud, that they question a sunset mountain, that they question an Ohio River, that they question a visitation in Greensmill Cave. You're in the only age that they question what a prophet taught. On the other side, they're not questioning what a prophet taught. They are enjoying the benefits of what a prophet taught. While they was on the earth. You know I'm telling you the truth. They are not sitting this morning in that dimension arguing about serpent seed. They are not sitting in that dimension discussing the Revelation 10-7 and trying to break down Luke 17-30 and try to make sense out of Malachi 4. They're saying, yes, it's the truth. Yes, it's the truth. Yes, it's the truth. They believe the message in that dimension. Well, I want them to know there's some people there's some people in this dimension that believe the same message. You say, Brother Andrew, I feel a tug. I feel a pull. I feel a charge. Can I tell you where that's coming from? That's not coming from this dimension. That's coming from that dimension. Because my Bible says that they without us are not perfect. Oh, God. God said it like this. I feel like shouting right now. He said they just sped up. He said they're in a faster dimension than this dimension. He said, but don't worry. He said one of these days. One of these days they'll slow down and you'll speed up. Glory to God. 
I feel like I, I wish I was out in the field right now. I'd cut up. This is the only dimension that they argue with, Brother Branham. This is the only. You know I'm telling you the truth. You want me to prove it to you by the message? You go to your Bible to the book of Timothy. And the Bible says that he alone hath the words of immortality. Who alone? The Lord of lords. The King of kings. The potentate of all potentates. He said he alone has the words of immortality. That is in 1 Corinthians. You go to 2 Corinthians. 1 Timothy. You go to 2 Timothy preaching faster than I can get it out. You go to 2 Timothy in the first chapter in the 10th verse and the Bible says but now by his appearing he hath brought to light the words of immortality. Then there's a people in a mortal realm who is living they are living under the influence of the words of immortality. No, I didn't run out of things to say. I want that to click. You're living in the the mortal realm, but you're living under the influence of immortality. Can I prove to you that the influence of immortality goes beyond your age limit? Can I prove to you that the influence of immortality goes beyond what family you come out of? Can I prove to you that the influence of immortality goes beyond the condition of your body on the earth? Can I prove to you that the influence of immortality goes beyond the way that you die? Can I prove to you that the influence of immortality goes beyond the problems of the church? Goes beyond the situations of your family? Goes beyond the circumstances of your life? Can I prove to you by the message and the word that influence of mortality, immortality can influence even the youngest to the oldest? When Brother Branham goes beyond the curtain of time and he gets over there and he's taking his first steps, he looks and there he sees Sharon Rose. He said, there you are, honey. He looks at her. He said, she was a pretty little girl. He said, I looked at her and I said, I said, I'm sorry, but, but who are you? Amen. Amen. You're Sharon Rose. He looks at her. She said, on earth, daddy. Old Earth, Daddy, I was your little Sharon Rose. He said, oh, my. He said, she was a beautiful young lady. He said, she looked at me and said, where's Billy? I'm looking for my brother, Billy Paul. He said, no, honey, amen, when I last saw you, oh, God, when I last saw you, you was a baby in a in a terrible condition with life leaving your body in the basement of a hospital, amen, but here you stand as a young 18-year-old girl with long, beautiful hair as a very image of the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. She said, Daddy, don't you know you taught this on earth? Daddy, don't you know you taught this on earth? Can I preach to you now? Amen. Brother Bram looked at her and said, what? She said, you taught immortality on earth. Now, I got to thinking about that, Brother Victor, because when Sharon Rose died, she was a baby. She hadn't walked through one prayer line. She hadn't sat through the campaigns in the 60s. She had not been on Sunset Mountain. She had not been to all these meetings. Amen. She had not rode down the road in the car with her daddy. Amen. Hearing him rehearse what was in the church age book. She had not sat through the seven seals. Oh, God. I'm preaching to you. She had not been in all these conventions. Amen. But the prophet of God said, she reminded me over there what I taught over here. She said, I looked at him. And he said, she looked at me and said, Daddy, over here, they believe you're teaching on immortality. 
over here, they believe your teaching on immortality. What are you saying, Melander? I'm saying whether the devil wants to believe it or not, whether you want to agree with it or not, this message will never lose its ability to influence humanity. This message will never lose its ability to influence humanity. I don't care how many leave. I don't care how many backbiters and reprobates and websites raise up. They will never squash the influence of the message of immortality that is coming to my age to release me from this pest house, to release me from this tabernacle of humiliation. Oh, glory to God. I wish somebody would help me praise him for just a minute. I wish somebody would worship the God of this message. I wish somebody would praise the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, who hath abolished death. He hath abolished old age. He hath abolished corruption. It's the hour of visitation. It's the hour of rapture. feel that old age devil getting nervous in here right now. I said, I feel that old age devil getting nervous in here right now. I feel them gray hairs getting nervous right now. Feel them wrinkles getting nervous right now. Well, is it the truth or not? The only dimension they don't believe what a prophet said. It's the hour of visitation. It's making the people ready for the great translation. You say, but Andrew, then where are we at? I'll tell you where we're at. We're in the hall of critics. But we're getting ready to be translated from the hall of critics, this mortal realm, to the hall of fame, which is the immortal realm. Remember, I said the only thing the earth is, is the proven grounds. Then what are you saying? I'm saying in 1963, Brother Branham goes down to, to, to Kentucky, Campbellsville, Kentucky, and he preaches a young man's funeral, and the man's name is Garnet Peak. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Brother Branham goes down there. He said, as a young boy, Garnet Peak, he said he was diagnosed with polio. He said, it's just a young boy. He was a, he was a lovely man. He was a, a son. He, he was a, a, a great gallant young fella. He said, he seemed like he had something in life that meant more than just an ordinary boy. Uh, I'm preaching to you, young people. He seemed like he had something in life that meant more than just an ordinary boy of a teenager just passing through. Garnet Peak had a clear understanding of things. I prayed for him that he would not die. So finally they taken him from the iron lung and he was brought home and was put in some kind of rocking bed where they kept him breathing. After all, amen, I would go see Garnet what a sweet Christian life had developed into a boy that a parent would be proud of. Now, let's, let's just start, let's start calculating some things. I, I don't know, a few years ago I really took some time one day and just really, really combed the life of Garnet Peak. So I'm preaching this from memory if that's okay. Amen, when Garnet Peak as a young boy, brother, I'm going to come see he said now when I would go see him he said I would look at him he said I would see a young boy that any parent would be proud of now think about this Garnet Peak has had polio he's in an iron lung in the hospital comes home and is put in an iron lung he's living in an the only reason Garnet Peak is living is because he's in an iron lung the prophet of God said after all that's our journey here on earth that's what it is for is to prepare for leaving 
The only thing we're on the earth for in this mortal dimension is to prepare for the leaving. I love how he says this. And Garnet certainly made this preparation. He said, now notice this. I live in Tucson. And some years ago, the young lad got sick, very sick. He said, and the expression of his faith was to call the long distance and have me pray for him. He said, I don't think one time I ever prayed for Garnet Peak. He said that God did not heal him and send him back home. He said, God never turned him down. He said, sometimes, he said, I would be out in Kentucky having some meetings. And he said, I would think about the Peaks home in Garnet. He said, I would swing by Garnet's house. He said, I would walk in there. He said, there would sit Garnet in an iron lung doing his own breathing. He said, while he was sitting there, he was conducting a Bible study in an iron lung with the people sitting around him. I'm trying to keep it together up here. He was conducting a Bible study, amen, in an iron lung, amen, without one chance to live, without one chance to go out and do what the rest of the teenagers was doing. Just an ordinary teenager, but he was not an ordinary teenager. The prodigal said, so one day I went in there and I said, Garnet, perhaps what if this never happened to you? I said, I was called, say, up here tonight, there had been a young boy by the name of Garnet Peak had just got killed here on the highway with his car and the boy was drunk and his soul had gone on to meet God, amen, or would you rather keep the scene the way it is would you rather be a young boy amen driving a hot rod amen without God in your soul amen in a, in a, in a perfectly good condition amen and me get the phone call to come down here preach your funeral amen because you went on to meet God he said or would you rather keep the scene the way it is brother Andrew what was the scene the scene was a young boy in an iron lung stricken by polio amen with an iron lung doing his home breathing he said brother Branham just let it be the way it is Come on, church. Where was that coming from? Any young boy would be saying, Oh, God, let me out of this condition. Amen. But Garnet Peak had a revelation of immortality that had dropped into his soul by the message of the hour. And Garnet Peak said, Brother Branham, I'd rather be laying in this iron lung. Amen. Conducting Bible studies without my own breath. Amen. Than to be in a car wreck and be a drunk and not have God in my soul. Young people, quit your crying. Quit your belly aching. If you got this message, if you got the Holy Ghost. You're the most blessed person on the face of the earth because you're in condition to meet your maker. Well, I know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to take a sword out here for a second. It's a spirit of spoiled rottenness. It's a spirit of spoiled rottenness. Well, we didn't get the latest this, and we didn't get the latest that, and our clothes didn't come from a name brand store. What difference does it make? I bumped against something there, didn't I? Well, we don't have the newest iPhone. And we don't have the latest this. If you got this message. If you got this message. You got something better than an iPhone. You got something better than a new car. You got something better than H&M clothes. You got rapture faith. You got rapture grace in your soul. You know what? You can have the best iPhone, drive the nicest car, wear the best of clothes, eat the most expensive food, go on the best vacations, and walk out of here and not know if you drew your last breath. If you drew your last breath today, you would meet Jesus Christ, but you could be as poor as Job's turkey. Country boy saying. You could be as poor as Job's turkey, eating cold taters. I was over in Poland one time preaching. I said, take a cold tater and wait. Shut the whole meeting down. 
what? I said, well, Brother Bram said, he said, well, we don't understand that. I said, well, here's what it is. Amen. They give you a cold potato and they tell you to go sit in the corner and wait for something better. When there's something better already there. Yeah. Brother Bram, leave it the way it is. Long as I know Jesus, that I want to know him. It's more than life. Even though I have to stay in this condition, I want to show you, Brother Branham, I'm much better. <laughs> I want to show you, Brother Branham, I'm doing much better. Oh, God. In that condition, without the advantages of a teenage boy. But he said, Brother Branham, I want to show you I'm doing much better. He can move his arms and so forth. And with great anticipation, he was looking to the day he would be well. I'm an old man, seen much in my days. He said, I don't believe I ever met a more gallanted, spirited boy than Garnet Peak. A seventh angel around the world seven times met all kinds of important people. But since he never met one boy, he never met one person that had a more gallant spirit than Garnet Peak had. That had a more determination, had more vigor, had more purpose. Up on church, it don't matter what condition your mortal realm is in. I'm preaching to you. If you got this message, it'll change your outlook. You can be laying in an iron lung and the iron lung doing your breathing and say, but Brother Branham, I'm doing much better. So one day I got a call. Garnet Peak had got the intestinal flu. He said he called. I was in the meeting when I got the call. He said I went out and answered the call. The caretaker said, Brother Branham, Garnet went to meet God about 6 o'clock. He said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. He said, but let me tell you. He said, he was prepared to meet God. He said, then he turns out and says, let's prepare that we too will meet him in the resurrection. Let's make our lives. Let's line our lives up with the conditions for rapture. This is a proving ground. The earth is a proving ground. Can I have a few more minutes of your time? That in this earth, in this mortal realm, in this mortal dimension, God is going to use your flesh. Say this with me. God is going to use my flesh to manifest His supernatural promises through. That sounded heavenly to me. God is going to use my flesh. God is going to use your flesh. Brother Matt, God is going to use your flesh. Silas, God is going to use your flesh. Come on, church. I might as well preach to you. He's going to use your flesh, Ella. He's going to use your flesh, Gabriel. He's going to use your flesh, Sean. By the time he's already used your flesh, he's going to use your flesh to manifest the power and the anointing and the influence of immortality right out of your flesh. Oh, that's enough to praise God for. That's enough to worship God for. Tommy, we who were born in sin and shaping in iniquity, but God, who is rich in mercy, sent a soul and a seed and sent a fire to ignite a gas. What are you saying? I'm saying God is going to use your flesh, Ryan. Going to use your flesh. Samuel, he'll use your flesh. I'm not a crazy man. I'm a message preacher. He's going to use your flesh, Andrew. Sis, he's going to use your flesh. Young man, he's going to use your flesh. The devil's not going to use your flesh for pornography. 
I'm going to go after that devil and you can sit there and watch me. The devil's not going to use your flesh for denomination. He's not going to use your flesh for cancer. He's not going to use your flesh for passion. He's not going to use your flesh for Hollywood. He's not going to use your flesh for Laodicea. Satan is not going to use your flesh for the tribulation. But Jesus Christ is going to use your flesh for the rapture. So morning between six and nine. He's going to use your flesh. He's going to change gray hair. I'm not a work up man. I'm redeemed. He's going to use your flesh. Michael, he's going to use your flesh. Murphy. He's going to use your flesh. No. No, y'all not getting this. He's going to use your flesh. He's going to use your flesh. He's going to prove the rapture through your flesh. He's going to prove translation power through your flesh. Come on, church. He's going to prove overcoming power to the devil through your flesh. Young people, I'm talking to you. He's going to use your flesh. He's not going to bring back William Branham's flesh. He said, I'll only be mortal once. But he's going to take your flesh. With all your faults, with all your failures, with all your shortcomings, with all your mistakes, with all your family curses against you. But God, who is rich in mercy, has claimed your flesh. He has claimed your flesh for a trophy of his visitation. I propose to you, Cloverdale, he's doing things in this building that's not been done since before the foundation of the world. There'll be a resurrection of the dead. We got that devil on the run. We might as well run him back to hell where he come from. There'll be a rapture of the church. There'll be a millennium. There'll be a new heavens. There'll be a new earth. And only the righteous will be there. Take that devil, put it in your pipe and smoke it. You ain't going to be there. By the time I feel like dancing, you ain't going to be there, devil. Come on, young people. The devil that's tormented you is not going to sit next to you at the marriage supper of the Lamb. The devil that's condemned you is not going to walk the streets of gold with you. But the God who saved you and the God who freed you and the God who pulled you through the darkest of seven ages. And only the ones that's been made part of this word. See? Will be their part and their position in this word. For their age will be the only ones that will be there. I got to tell him again, you ain't going to use my flesh. 
You will war against me by my flesh, but you will not get the final say. Look at it. Look at it. Look at that flesh. There's a battle right now. There's a battle right now. There's a battle right now between your flesh and your soul that you can't manifest what I'm talking about like Garnet Peak did. But you take that sorry, stinking, rotten flesh of yours. I don't care what your last name is. Take that sorry, stinking, rotten flesh of yours. Look that flesh square in the face. Some of y'all looking at each other. I'm not talking about each other. I'm talking about that flesh. Look at that flesh right in your face and say, flesh, I'm going to do you a favor. By this word, I'm going to lead you to a change. By this word, I'm going to lead you to a change. By this word, by this message, not by the way I feel, not by the way things are going, not by a doctor's report, not by a condition of paralysis, not by a condition of cancer, but by the message of immortality, I'm going to lead my body. I'm going to lead my body to a change. Not everybody's going to die. Not everybody's going to die. Wake up, devil. Not everybody's going to die. Not everybody's going to the grave. If everybody goes to the grave, then you have just disannulled 1 Thessalonians 4. Because my Bible says that we... Put your name there. We which are alive and remain. You know what that word alive means? It means to be fresh. Give me that picture. Oh, it's on this screen. Praise God. I'm on that screen. My bald spot's on that screen. But it's going to be gone one of these days. I'll shout on that one. This is a note for Brother Bram's message, the rapture. His notes are on display there in the voice of God recordings. I took this picture. Now the rapture is only for the bride church. The elected ones in him. From the beginning... The father's spiritual genes. He says, now, oh God. Now, how do we get in him? And look at... I'm talking, I thought I was. Look at that little line that's right there in the middle. How do we get in him or come alive to it? The same word that's in 1 Thessalonians 4... It's the same word right there. How do we come alive to it? What are we coming alive to? We are coming alive to the revelation of the rapture that will change our bodies. Now, do you know what the word alive means? The word alive means full fresh. Full of vigor. Full of power. Full of strength. Well, I feel the preacher coming on right now. 
It means blessed. It means active. It means endless in the kingdom of God. We which are just as fresh. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I don't think on the morning of the rapture, the bride's going to be sitting around biting her fingernails, popping nerve pills, trying to hold on to the next service. I think she's going to be alive. She's going to be fresh. She's going to be strong. She's going to be loud. She's going to be full of revelation. She's going to be full of power. She's going to be full of anointing. I don't think it's going to be by music. I don't think it's going to be by gifts. I don't think it's going to be by so-and-so, so-and-so. I think it's going to be by the preaching of the infallible, absolute truth of the message of the hour. Live. Are you ready for the next one? Remain. Remember said bodies left on the earth. Alive and remain. What will they remain in, Brother Tom? They will be abiding. That word remain means to abide. It means to be faithful. It means to be relied on. They will be in their position of the word for their age. And Brother Silas, when they find that position, they will not visit it at winter camp alone. They will not visit their position. Since you will not visit your position just at summer camp. Young people, hear me. You will not visit your position in this vis- in this hour of visitation just in a special meeting. But they will find their position. And they will remain in it. Regardless of the conditions. Regardless of the devil against them. Regardless of the flesh that's worn against them. They know by the revelation that's in their soul. They will remain there. Well, Andrew, how's this rapture going to happen? Brother Ram says it like this. I just got to get this to you. He says they will be alive and they will remain. Oh, you might get out and get cold and get shook up a little bit. But that seed of God. When you start seeing them two words and connecting them, that seed of God will remain true. I'm laying some word in there for you. That seed of God will remain true. That's why the Bible says he that hath the seed of God cannot commit sin. Enoch was a perfect example. The seed of God will remain true. Brother Branham, please explain to us the mystery of translation of the bride. (laughs) Don't you love a prophet's answer? Just a change. See? Our bodies now... Like Abraham was looking for the promised son. Sarah and Abraham, their bodies had to be changed. See, the promise was in them. Oh, God. I'm trying to quit. The promise was in them. When her milk veins were dried up, the promise was in her. When Abraham's live stream was as good as dead, the promise was in him. Come on. Amen. Abraham didn't feel like shouting, but the promise was still in him. I'm preaching to you now. This is not an emotional roller coaster, young people. This is God sending you a message to bring you to a stability. 
I love to shout. I love to dance. Brother Matt, I'll shout with the best of them. I'll dance my shoe heels off, but I need some stability. I need some stability when I don't hear my favorite song and my favorite preacher's not in town and I'm not around my pastor. And the atmosphere is not charged by 300 believers. I need some stability. And the stability is the message of the hour. It's the vision of rapture. That's why you better turn off that rock and roll music and turn on them tapes. That's why you better turn off them old sad honky talk, even country love songs, and turn on them tapes. Well, I might as well preach that now. Amen, like this, up and down, up and down, winter camp, summer camp, winter camp. I declare them days are over. I declare them days are over. I declare right here this morning that the days of roller coaster ride is over. We are in a spaceship. We have got a stability and we're headed upward. of the hour is lifting you higher Revelation 10 Revelation 5 Luke 17.30 Malachi 4 1 John 4 Psalms 27 Luke 17 John 14 Mark 16 Matthew 18 The message of the hour by the revelation is lifting us out of this dimension can't make it. I can't overcome it. I'm going to fail. Brother Andrew, I'm not a part of this rapture. Brother Andrew, I'll never see my loved ones. You know what the truth is. The prodigals will never come home. The bride's revival is over. There's nothing happening in the message. We're not listening to all this chatter, chatter, chatter. We're taking the promises of God and we're climbing up. We're climbing up Jacob's ladder. We're climbing up the infallible promises. Brother Tim, we're higher now than we've ever been. Come on, Enoch. Come on, Enoch. You're not Enoch's type. Enoch is your type. Every day, Enoch took a walk with God. So you know what he done one day, Brother Murphy? They took a walk. And as they're walking, this you're who do you want to be? You're Enoch. They're walking. And as they're walking, God says, Enoch, how you been doing? Enoch. 
Let me preach this. Thank you, buddy. Enoch says, you know what? This morning I was watching ESPN. And you know what I found out? I found out Tom Brady retired. You know what I found out? I found out who's in the World Cup. You know what I found out? I found out my team didn't win the Super Bowl. Are you Enoch? Who are you? Let's start over. Let's go for a walk, Enoch. It's time to walk. How you doing today? Doing great. You've been listening to a tape? Oh, yeah. Let's go another step. Enoch says, Lord, this morning I was up praying. And I started listening to a message called The Future Home with a Heavenly Bridegroom and the Earthly Bride. God said, come on, Enoch. Let's take another step. So they stopped again. And God said, what did you get out of that? He said, Lord, I got out of that that you got a place for me. And I can stand hand in hand with you. And you can walk me right in that future home. Oh, that's powerful, Enoch. Let's take another step. So they took another step. And he said, what did you do next? He said, I got to wondering how I was going to get from this old pest house of tabernacle of humiliation into that future home. And then I turned on a tape called The Rapture. And I heard your prophet say that some morning between six and nine in the in that seventh watch, there's going to be a cold sweep come across my body and I'm going to be changed. He said, let's take another step. He said, Enoch, have you got anything else you want to say today? He said, Lord, can I tell you one more? He said, keep on talking. Enoch said, Lord, when I got done with that rapture, I just, I just, I just had to have some more. So I went over there to a message called things that are to be. And you know what I heard, Lord? I heard not only do you have a theophany, but I've got one. Let's take another step. And all of a sudden Enoch said, well, this is a different feeling. And God looks at him and he says, Enoch, he says, do you see where you're at? He said, your next step, your next step is your real home. Enoch, your next step is your theophany. What do you want to do, Enoch? Do you want to go back home? He said, no, Lord. I'm so close to your house. I think I'll just take the final step. Come on, Cloverdale. Take the final step this morning. Step into it. Thank you, buddy. Step into your theophany. Step into your promises. Lord, it's so good. So good, Lord. He said, But Andrew, what if that Enoch Hawk of the rapture don't transpire this morning? Do I go home and say on and quit? I leave you this. If you're alive to the revelation, you're abiding in the revelation of the rapture and the future home and the theophany. Brother Ramon said, Go plant your potatoes. So you get up one morning. Uh, it'll be about 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. You'll roll over and you'll have all kinds of aches and pains and your pains will have aches and pains and your aches will have pains and aches. <laughs> and you'll say, Lord, I don't think I can take it another day. But then the prophet God said, something inside of you will start pulsating. That little quickening power will go to kicking in there and saying, but I am with thee and I will watch over thee. The bug's gone. I will watch over thee. I will keep thee. And he said, you'll get out there. Brother Bram said, me, a 50-year-old man, can't hardly get out of bed in the morning. He said, what is it that gets me up? It's that quickening power. 
It's that quickening power. And you'll get out there and you'll say, oh, Lord. Listen, I done lost track of time. Somehow my timer stopped. Did you stop it? Said, you'll be out there and you'll plant your potatoes. And you'll be out there one, one morning. Oh, I love you, Lord. Thank you for sending me this message. Thank you for what you're doing in my church. Thank you for the vision that you've given me. Thank you for my youth group, Lord. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for that Monday night prayer meeting last night, Lord. I thank you for the winter youth camp. I thank you for the conventions. I thank you for the summer camp. I thank you. Oh, God, I thank you for that word, Brother Tim, brought us last night. Lord, I thank you for that word, Brother John, got in there and labored in his study and brought us. I thank you for that message, Brother Tom, got in there and dug and combed and brought And you're just down there hoeing potatoes. I thank you for that powerful message come out of Brother Murphy. And then here come that wild, crazy man named Michael Ray. And he got up there and got to preaching. I thank you for it, Lord. And the probably God said, all of a sudden... He said, across your body, you'll feel a cold sweep. He said, you won't do nothing but drop the hole and rise to meet him. And he said, it could happen before this service is over today. He'll just drop it. He'll just drop it. How close is it, Brother Andrew? Can I share something with you that I heard your pastor, Brother Biscoe, say one time? He said, this is the shout of 1 Thessalonians 4. Somebody said, Brother Andrew, why do you feel so comfortable and quote Brother Ed? I said, because some guys you quote, you don't know where they got it. But if you quote Brother Ed, you know where he got it. <laughs> he got it from the message. He said, that shout of 1 Thessalonians 4 is the message. And he said, this is that Never will forget it. He said, see, right now, the resurrection is in progress. Right now, the rapture is happening. As a young boy, I can see it. It impressed my mind. He said, and right now, on the streets of Vancouver, your dead loved ones could be walking the streets right now. He said, but if you don't see this, you'll miss them. He said, but if you see this... If you see this, then you will see them. But Andrew, I don't know if I'll ever see my loved ones again. I don't know if I'll ever see my daddy again. I don't know if I'll ever see my mom again. If you don't see this message, you ain't going to see them in a resurrection. You ain't going to see them in a rapture. But if you see this word, it'll break the blinders off of your eyes. If you see this, you'll see them. A trophy of his visitation. Let our musicians come this morning. If you see this, but man, if you see this, if you see this, you can see the future home. Brother Tom, if we can see this, We can see our spot at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Not one seat extra. Not one seat short. I'm trying to quit. Not one plate short. Friends, y'all forgive me. It's real to me. 
Not God running through the kitchen of heaven, the angels screaming, make an extra plate. Tom made it. <laughs> Lord, I didn't know Jack was coming. Get an extra plate out. You know, if you have a family dinner. You know, if you have a family dinner around Thanksgiving time. You know what happens? You don't. Silas, you don't show up at grandma's house. And dust everywhere. And clothes piled up in the floor. Dirty dishes in the washer. You don't show up like that. But grandma's been making preparations. She's cleaned the dust off of the dust off of the dust. (laughs) Grandpa's got everything looking good out there. When you arrive, the table's there. The plates are on the table. The food is ready. You don't show up Sister Ella at Grandma's house and come in. Well, I didn't know you was coming. Run down to KFC and get some chicken. we got to add some more food. There's enough food. There's enough seats. And he went a step further and put a name on your seat. Young people, lift up your heads and rejoice. He knows you're going to be there. The prophet of God uses the word one time, I believe, breathlessly. He says the angels await your arrival. Breathlessly. Breathlessly. They await your arrival. This is that that will take you home. If I never speak to you again, young people, and you never hear me say another word, let me say this. Remain under the influence of this message. It's the truth. It's the truth. You're not looking at a young boy that just come out of the hills of East Tennessee and picked up a microphone. I stand here as a witness. This message is the truth. It'll bring you through broken family situations. It'll bring you through rejection. It'll bring you through all kinds of heartache. It'll bring you through dark nights and lonely nights. I'm telling you, young people, it's the truth. And whatever you got to sell to stay under the influence of it, you do it. I know what I'm talking about. People say, well... You better be careful playing them tapes. You'll get confused. Brother Bram said there was a boy said, I was confused till I heard the tapes. You know what I'm talking about as a young boy sitting in my truck as a 16-year-old boy? Troubles and pressures and problems going on. Sitting there crying my eyes out. And not even a, I know you may think this is crazy, but I don't care. Not even a tape in the tape player. But a tape starts playing. And a prophet starts talking about, be certain of God. And you stand in that dark position of your life and you wonder, which way am I going to turn? Where am I going to go? And a man can't make the choice for you. A man can't make the decision for you. But God claimed my flesh to preach this message. I may not have much, but I've got this. I've got this message. And if I've got this message, I've got everything I need. Stay under it. It'll change your body. It'll give you more than careers will ever give you. I'm not a crazy man. It'll give you more than society positions will ever give you. 
People say, well, you ought to back off of it. I refuse to back off of it. I can stand behind this pulpit today, Brother Michael, and say because of this message, God has given me a lovely, faithful wife named Mariah. Because of this message, God has blessed me with this child. Because of this message, He's given me friends around the world. I'm going to abide in it, church. Because of this message, I can put one foot in front of the other and keep on going. God bless you this morning. I love you with the love of the Lord. You hear my heart? Stay under the influence of this message. Andrew, stay under it. One more thing. He get down at that marriage supper of the lamb. Anybody ever here killed a, a nice trophy moose or a nice trophy elk or deer or something? Nice one. You mount it. You know what you want to do? You want to show it off. You want to show it off. God says, Angels. I want to take you on a little tour. Where are you want to? Where are we going, Lord? I'm going to take you to my trophy room. Brother Tim, I'm going to take you to my trophy room. What's in there, Lord? My trophies, of course. He opens the door and steps in there and looks over and he says, "That one's name is Noah." He built an ark. In an unscientific message, in a scientific age, he built an ark. Wow. Who's that one, Lord? Samson. He made a mistake, failed me. Host his covenant, but in his death, he slew more than in his life. Wow. Look at that one. Who's that one? That one, his name on earth was Saul. And then he met the pillar of fire and he became Paul. He went from killing Christians to saving Christians. He went from persecuting Christians to blessing Christians. That man, Lord, that man, Lord, yeah, him. He done it. How'd he do it? By grace. Lord, Lord, what do you call these trophies? I call them trophies of grace. Let's go a step further. Lord, who's that one? On earth, his name was William Marion Branham. He was raised in a moonshine maker's home. He was forsaken by his friends. He was rejected by societies. He was hated by religious worlds. He lost his wife. He lost his baby. He tried to commit suicide twice. He gave up. He threw his hands up over and over. See them scars in him? Lord... What is he? He's a trophy of grace. Wow. Wow. Is there any more? Come on, let's go. Lord, who are those? On earth, his name was Ed Bisco and her name was Ruth. Glory! On earth, they forsook everything for this message. 
They raised three girls under the influence of the word of God. He sent a message around the world. Those are trophies of my visitation. Can we go a step further? Lord, who's that one? That's Tom and Joanne. No. Seemed like I've heard his name before. Seemed like one time I heard a lot of prayers coming up for that man's name in your presence, Lord. Yeah, he's the one that was on earth that was smashed up in that car wreck. I'm not crazy, friends. See that, see that lady standing next to him? She was running from God. It's just a young girl. But that trophy prayed for that trophy and she made it. You're not just trophies of Coverdale. You're not just trophies of Brother Ed and Brother Tom. You're trophies of the grace of the message of the hour. Listen, I'll see you in the trophy room. We'll shout together in the trophy room. We'll rejoice together in the trophy room. We'll talk about winter camp. We'll talk about Wednesday night meetings because we're there. God bless you. God bless you. trophy room, everything is placed just right. You just put this one on this spot on this wall, and that happened to be that devil of drinking. You got the place right there. Devil of arthritis, as we heard. You know, we, we talk about person, but let's talk about what you got victory over this weekend. I want you to create your own trophy room. And say, devil, I put you under my feet at that tent. I got you hanging on a wall somewhere. Amen. And that's never going to bother me again because it's dead. Hallelujah. Let's tell the devil that he's in our trophy room. Well, one day I'm going to take a step toward my theophany. One day. Don't you worry. 
children should let them knock on my door. Don't you know that death is the doorway that leads to a heavenly shore? Over there is no heartache, no sorrow, grief, or pain. Just perfect love, peace, and joy in the arms of And one day I'm gonna take a step toward my theophany. One day I'm gonna take another step into my theophany. One day I know the final step is going to set me free.
glory. Amen. I walk like Jesus. I learn to talk like Jesus. I learn to preach like Jesus. I learn to live like Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, at camp, you don't sit around in some lawn chair. You don't sit back and have lemonade. You pay good money to go to be better than what you were before you went to camp. Is that true? And you paid a lot. You said, Mommy, I want to go to that camp. Daddy, can you loosen up your wallet? I want to go to that camp. Well, your mommies and your daddies maybe loosen up their wallets. But you might not be the best soccer player, baseball player. But I'm telling you, by the word you heard today, you're going to be the best Christian. You're going to be the best Christian you have ever been up to this time. Amen. You know how I, I got inspired? You know who inspired me? Not just the preacher. I mean, I'm way up there in heavenly places. Let's prophesy on Wednesday night. I've been living in heavenly places since Wednesday night. But I looked over at Sam and he's wiping his brow. He's wiping his brow sitting on the chair. I go, what on earth is he wiping his brow for? I, he's a trophy. He's a trophy. Hallelujah. That was good. Wow. That was amazing. Wow. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. One of them. I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. Oh, one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. I was here.
God, we believe. 
for it. As they play that softly this morning, it's the final service of a youth camp. And right here in this building this morning, God has called a heart to salvation. Friends, she didn't come to a class. She didn't come through the course. But as she sat there and heard the word, as the word went forth, it claimed her life. She said, I want to be a trophy of God's grace. Listen, I know I talked about a lot of trophies here today. Our brother Ed and our brother Tom. But I believe right here this morning, there's some young trophies. I believe one day our sister Michaela will be in that trophy. I believe one day there will be Tommy. And I've seen sister Ella here somewhere. Right there she is. They'll walk around the, walk around the corner and there she'll stand and, oh God. On earth they called her Ella. Angel, she fought the devil. Tooth and nail. Every day of her life. Depressing times. Discouraging times. But she made it. What about you, young man? You'll stand there in that trophy room. Now, I know it's a final service. But it's just in my heart to say, if you are not a trophy of this grace, as they sing this again, God's going to have some young trophies. Y'all forgive me this morning. But when he stands there that day, and you all as a youth group stand there in the throne judging with him, and the world comes up, and people you went to school with, people you worked with, people in the seminary or the universities, the colleges, they look at the Lord and say, couldn't nobody live that word. Couldn't nobody live that word. It's going to point over to you young people and say, you couldn't, but they could. He's here this morning to make you a trophy. And I'm going to tell you just like this. There's nothing you can do in this, in this dimension this morning to make yourself a trophy. Except one thing. 2,000 years ago, he cried out on the cross. It is finished. The debt is paid. The discussion is settled. The work is done. And I sat in my cabin the other day and heard Brother Bram say these words. When you accept his finished work, you become a finished product of a finished work. If anyone needs prayer this morning, I know it's the closing moments, but if it's okay, I want to say this altar is open. And we'll pray with you. God's here to make some trophies this morning. He's here to make some trophies. Heavenly Father, in this sacred moment that you've moved in this building, Lord, the atmosphere is here, Lord. Your prophet called it a surrendered atmosphere. Lord, in a surrendered atmosphere, nothing can hold back. Hallelujah. In a surrendered atmosphere is why the people can stand before a prophet and they couldn't hide things in their lives because the atmosphere was charged with the power of surrender. That same atmosphere is in this building this morning. Now, Lord, as we open up this altar, I believe you're here to do a specific work. You've already done it. You're doing it right now. Lord, in my heart, that little tug to speak to these young trophies. Call a few of them out by name, by your word. 
not by gift of discernment, not by feeling, but by the promise of your word. Lord, there's more trophies here today. Have your way among us. Lord, as we spoke Friday night, that little bowl in the heart that's been broken, it's been healed this weekend. And your prophet said that it'll always have that little scar. And then I heard your prophet say it like this. He said, trophy scars. But Lord, the trophy scars will tell the story of the amazing grace that made him a trophy. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Just you and the Lord right now. I want you to slip your hands up to him. Say, Lord, have your way. Have your way right now. As they sing this this morning. They say this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will
Quite a closing, saints. Quite a closing. Quite a closing. We'll not leave our little ones behind. For our Father had them in mind. Amen. If you didn't get it Wednesday night and the Holy Spirit didn't deal with you then, Friday, Saturday, here we are Sunday morning. He's not going to let you go. But you have to be determined by the grace of God. I am a trophy. I am a trophy. How many out there can say I'm a trophy? How many can say I'm a trophy? You got adults, you got grandparents, you got friends, you got family. Say, I am a trophy. I am the bride of Jesus Christ. I'm going to have Sister Joanne and I'm going to have Brother Michael come up. And as we get ready to close and as we get ready to go our way, we can still rejoice. Don't you worry. If you can rejoice here, I want to see you at Church Wednesday rejoicing. If I see you here rejoicing and crying before God, I want to see you at church on Sunday morning crying and rejoicing before God. We don't want emotion. We want the dealing of the Almighty God speaking and dealing. And I believe God spoke to us and He's dealt with you and you've moved under the bidding of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, every trophy has a story. When the prophet was given the vision of the 42-inch caribou, God knew exactly where that caribou was going to be. God knew exactly where that silver-tipped grizzly was going to be. And he knew exactly where his prophet was going to be. God knew exactly that you'd be standing here this morning. And he shot you with his arrow of love. And has now made you a trophy of the king. And now you have a story to tell. As Brother Branham told that story five times to Brother Bisco. You have a story to tell. God spoke to me. He spoke to me. He dealt with me. And right here, Ethan, right here. In the presence of God, I'm a part of the bride of Jesus Christ. So as we get ready to leave, as we get ready to close, Brother Michael, Joanne, I want you to sing, Here Comes the Bride. Here Comes the Bride.
God was just making sure that all his bride is ready at his side. That's what's happening right here. What a moment. I was, we both had wrote, I'm pretty sure on our notes, what you said, oh, just one more thing right here. Just one more thing. You know, there's a famous man in the world called Steve Jobs, and he was famous for just one more thing. That's what he would say at the end of his keynotes. And the world actually always waited for that one more thing. <laughs> you had the best one more thing. <laughs> Better than any keynote speaker for some Apple company about some iPhone that we heard that was useless. But he said, just one more thing. Do, you want, do, you, do I need to rehearse to you what the one more thing was? What was the one more thing? Do you remember? Okay. He started to walk through the hall of fame. So he started to do, he said, just one more thing. And he started to walk through and tell you of God's trophies as he worked his way through. I said, that was the best one more thing I ever heard in my life. Because it was, you are, you are his one more thing. <laughs> you are the one, you're in the last day. You're the last one. You're the last part of his trophy. He's like, I got one more. I got one more age. To put a trophy in my trophy room. I got Moses. I got Noah. I got David. I got Samson. But there's one more. There's one more, Michaela, to put in my trophy. You know when someone gets a big trophy? You know what they do with it? They don't take it under their, their coat and hide it. God ain't hiding you. He's parading you in front of all Laodicea. Telling the devil, you can't have her. Telling the devil that I have conquered. Telling the devil he's lifting you up in this last day to say, I am the mighty conqueror. I am the one that stole the keys of death and hell. You, as Brother Andrew said, are proving. You will prove rapture's promise. That's what he said this morning. You will prove it. Imagine you are in God's hand and you will be proof that his word is true. He's going to use you to vindicate his word. Thessalonians will be vindicated and proven through you. We which who are alive and remain, as we heard this morning. Who? You. Hallelujah. You know, we prayed in the back little room there, in the back little thing. Jesus, use me. Those of you who are there. Jesus, use me. You heard this morning? He's using you. Hallelujah. What a camp. What an encounter. Bulls that were suffering, cracked, coming in this door, coming onto these grounds, broken and emptied out. Not even maybe a, just a drop of love left. Maybe just a trickle. Maybe feeling bone dry. But God, the mender, the healer of the broken pieces, but Orion, mended at the beginning of this weekend and started to put that supernatural glue, that supernatural balm. And you're going to walk out of here not the same person. You're going to be walking out them door, out that gate. Like, wow. I can't even contain it. Good. Go and testify of the grace of God in your life. Amen. It'll be, wow. It's quite the time. Kitchen staff, our apologies. But you'll just have to take it with our Heavenly Father. <laughs> That's who you can take it up with. I'm so sorry. That's who ordained these moments. I don't, I don't no disrespect, but food can wait. Life can wait. Everything can wait for this moment right here. 
will stop Joshua stopped the sun from battle will stop everything God will stop everything to conquer amen amen, amen. what a weekend we've had counselors and kitchen technical everybody we have a body and it's beautiful the bouquet that God has given us the bouquet of his people each gift that outpours and gives you might not even think about it but maybe you are putting air in a tube up on a mountain but every joint supplies amen thank you I know the kitchen maybe you're listening you're laboring for a meal we're hoping we had enough maybe not the parable reality of loaves and fishes could happen today happen up in our kitchen amen we have a lot just uh, I know we have as we wrap up the little weekend here I was Thursday was a little different it was just a bit of a different camp as we came in uh, in a little ways it's a little bit slower maybe some like that maybe some didn't but this is what matters here like it or not this is amazing but uh, just wanted to make sure that everybody does their part as we do need to clean up after the after we get going after lunch counselors and ca- campers please no skipping out now, these are just things yeah, I don't feel like saying right now in this moment but we need to make sure that we're we're cleaned up right brother Jeff we need we need our cab- cabins clean we are the cleaners and I will say this if you don't clean your cabin I get to clean it that's just what it is alright so can you clean your cabin for me can you do that? You know, I, I did vacuum some last year after camp. I really don't want to this year. I'm hoping you can do that for Brother Michael. If you can, help your counselors, please, to make sure everything's cleaned up. Garbage can go to the behind the dining hall, bath mats to the gatehouse. And uh, that would just be really helpful. I've seen if you're signaling me for something. Okay. Just for food today, we'll let the cow, those that have been staying on grounds, please... They'll be serving you first, as uh, so we just make our way up to the kitchen as they've been probably waiting for a little while, and uh, and go through those that have come on grounds. If you just wait, um, if you even wait down here, uh, I don't know what the weather is like outside, but just wait and we'll we'll uh, let you know when it's time to to come up. We'll just the kitchen needs a little bit of a delay, just to reset after the, the those that are on grounds have gone through. So we'll give you a thumbs up when it's uh, time to come to eat. Uh, hold on to your tummies just a little bit longer, and we'll be able to get you through the line and to get some natural food into your stomachs this morning, this afternoon. Uh, it's hard. Go from here. Like Brother Andrew said, Brother Thomas said, I know many ministers have said, we don't believe in up and down. Labor for these these times, so that you don't have an up and down experience. Because up and down can be so so wearing. I know. So you come to a point you say, "I just don't desire it anymore. I just don't want an up and a down." But there's a moment God ordained a time that's no more. Amen. I wrote a I wrote a song down. Maybe it would be. A, lots of songs but I won't sing them all this morning we're going to pray and we'll close our camp meetings this morning why don't we bow our heads 
Heavenly Father, it is so difficult to close weekends like this, Lord, services like this. Because, Lord, our hearts, our souls are being tugged from another dimension. It's eternity, our theophany, Lord, as we sang, we're hearing from it. The word is calling, it's beckoning. As we heard Brother Andrew speak about Enoch and taking that one little step as he's feeding upon the body word of the Son of Man. Lord, which is what we're doing in this last day, which is bringing us just that step closer. As he so, Lord, depicted to us, Lord, just one more step. There was a moment in time where Enoch walked with you and there was that last moment where his very next step was eternity. Lord, how do we know? But, Lord, we could cross over into eternity just as we break out of these doors into, Lord, lunchtime. How do we know that in two minutes from now, Lord, we could be in eternity? Oh, God. But we'll indeed continue to plant our little potatoes. We'll continue, Lord, to labor for the kingdom. But living, Lord, like it's next moment. Lord, my mind even goes back to many camps ago where there was a young man, Lord, that came to a camp and gave his heart to you, Lord, and made his life right with you. And not too many weeks later, Lord, you took him from the scene. Lord, we don't know when our time is to go. But as Brother Andrew said, we're pressing in this realm, Lord, so that we could be in that realm. Lord, that's all we're here. We're preparing here to, so we can be there. Lord, this world doesn't matter to us. All that we ma- matters is that we're prepared. And Lord, at the moment when it is right and when you're finished with us here, you'll take us there. That's our goal. That's our desire. So, oh God, may these young people and Lord, older and parents, Lord, and different ones here, may we continue to press the back. Lord, so that we can all indeed, Lord, be in spotless white. Lord, be in that, Lord, that marching, Lord, realm of people. Lord, that here comes the bride. Lord, marching through the ages. And Lord, they'll hold up those in Laodicea. And God will say, that's them. That's those that walked in my darkest age. That's those that conquered even the darkest hour. Oh, God, may we walk, Lord, our shoulders back now. Lord, knowing that you are with us. As you told Joshua, whithersoever thou go. You will be with him. You are with him. And that's our promise that you will be with each of these young people here as they walk out of these grounds, as they go to their schools, as they go to their jobs. You are with him. You'll never leave them. You'll never forsake them. For thou art with him, O God. May they sense and feel your nearness as they walk along this way. We pray. We commit each one. We thank you for each life, each one that's labored, each one that's given, O God, some. They haven't been here, but they gave a little funds so that some young person could come here Lord Lord I pray a prayer blessing upon them every joint indeed supplieth and Lord above all we thank you we give you glory we give you praise we give you honor for what you did here Lord a mighty work that you can take a young person in this wicked dark age with all the influences every gun of hell trained upon our young people but Lord you can take your word and you can reach down your hand and you can pull them right to your side that to me is the greatest miracle of all and for that Lord I give you the glory and the honor Lord for one soul saved is greater than 10,000 worlds oh God how we can rejoice this morning that more than 10,000 worlds time 10,000 worlds Lord is, is standing here in front of me this morning mighty are you oh God mighty in battle so we give you the thanksgiving and we'll go from this building rejoicing and praising your holy name 
In Jesus Christ's name, go with us, Lord. Overshadow us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, each one. God be with you. Until next time. Next camp. The Lord be with you. Until next service. Wednesday. Indeed, there is Wednesday service. I'm sure some will ask. Wednesday service. And who may know? But maybe, just maybe, someone might ask you how the candle got lit. (laughs) You never know. Okay, we will be asking you how the candle got lit. All right, so be prepared. How's that? Shouldn't be hard. You say, God met me in a service up at camp, and I've never been the same again. Amen. It's just like that. Amen. So God be with you. Any questions? Did I miss anything? Brother Jeff? Where's my wife? Is my wife there at all? I don't see my wife. Oh, all good? I thank my wife. She'll get upset with me now. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Rejoicing and fellowshipping with each other. You're dismissed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.